Welcome back, everybody, to another fun-filled episode of the We Are Dull Show, brought to you by Hoppyhead Productions. I'm your host, Sean Danny, across the way. It's fucking hot outside, man. It's the really? worst time like, of the year. I had my um, uh, front door and back door open this morning to let the breeze blow through, and it got a little chilly, and I had to put like a blanket on my lap. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> a cool 70 like, degrees? I don't know. It was probably cooler than that, but there was like a breeze blowing through. It felt pretty good though. Like I wasn't like cold, cold, but it's definitely like a, a culture shock after being hot yesterday. Yeah. But even then, like I kind of browsed through my phone to see other locales to see if it was any hotter. And like, and uh, the town that Jody's uh, grandfather lived in was a hundred degrees yesterday, and it was only like eighty-four here yesterday. So weird. Not. Ah. It's yeah, it's weird. Even even Toledo and Red Sox, New York, where friend of the show Man Thing lives, was hotter than here. Mm. Yeah, I think we hit ninety yesterday. It's just like a good, good sunny day, a good day to hide and play two raids that you know took way too long and ruined your day. But you know, who's counting? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it should have been a much better day, according to um, Sesame Street. Because sunny days are supposed to chase the rain, the clouds away. Mm-hmm. Not bring them in and make you angry. Yeah, exactly. It was it was funny because like like we get a lot of rain and a lot of thunder during the summertime out here. Um, and on Friday it just started to rain and like literally like the windows just like fog up outside because of the humidity. Because of how warm and how warm it is, and then you get a good storm in, and then with the hot weather, it's just like you got you get night you get a nice show of lightning across the land. So it's good times. Yeah, those are fun. Those happened. Those happen when we go to visit uh, North Dakota during the summer. It's just like it's sunny, and then you get like the wind picks up, and then the next thing you know, it's like the streets are practically flooded because there's so much rain, and then mm. it just goes away, and the sun comes out again. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, so uh you know, the month of June is um also Pride Month mm-hmm. for our LGBTQ plus friends. Um but it's kinda of funny <coughs> right now seeing like companies getting kinda of called out for their bullshit. <coughs> how the um, I can't remember what like a bunch of companies like BMW, Mercedes um, how they changed their uh, profile on Twitter for like North America and Europe to show the rainbow colors, but then you see like their China, like they have a they have a separate Twitter account for like um, the Arabic countries and China and stuff, and it's just yeah. still the same picture. Exactly. It's like, oh, so you're it's like you're you're cool promoting gay rights in countries that are already cool with gay rights. Um, and like Alex Hirsch, the creator of uh, Gravity Falls, call, tweeted calling out Disney, talking about how he was told he had to cut um, get scenes that could be implied that were gay from the show Gravity Falls because they didn't want to offend people in China and Russia. They didn't want to lose their investor money. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, in America, it's like, hey, everybody, let's be gay today. Yep. Big money doing stupid shit. Exactly. It's like, ooh, buy. It's like every every other day. It's like, let's donate money to anti-gay charities. Let's donate money to anti-gay charities. Month of June. Hey, everybody, we love the gays. Come give us your money. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, what are you drinking, Sean? Um, I'm drinking the third can from my uh, from my. Group. Tavor uh, shipment from a while back, but this is from the uh, Suckwall fermenta- fermentation project, Red Number Four with rye. This is a wild ale, aged in oak barrels, finished in tequila, rum, and bourbon barrels. A blend of that's, beers that's aged in two uh, aged uh, aged two years. Yeah, it is a party in my mouth. Um. <laughs> so it is a straight wild ale um, no additional fruit or anything to that um, 
So it really allows the really allows the the beer or the ale to really pull those nice barrel flavors and be more forward with the with the barrels uh, versus kind of it being a back note and hiding behind like fruit. When you uh, when you give it a smell, it doesn't really register it. At, there's not a lot of barrel smell in there. But then as you kind of take a drink, you get like a very complex um, oak and like you, you could just taste like your mouth is just like in a party with all these different kind of flavors kind of bouncing around. Um, it's got a pretty good sour taste. It's got or it's pretty sour. It's not um, it's not distracting at all either, uh, but it is got a nice little pucker to it. But it's just a, it's a very interesting combo how all of it comes together, though. So definitely another good beer from this group. Nice. It's funny because um, a lot of the descriptors that you use to describe your beer are literally printed on the side of the container on my beer. <laughs> That's funny. So... I got, the beer I'm drinking today is another one from your uh, Faja. My Faja. Um, I, I was kind of, like I got I got up to open it early and was kind of disappointed in it, in its pack in its containerization because it came in a box, right? Yes. And so when you see a beer in a box, you expect to open it up and find a fancy bottle with a fancy um, amount of wax on it that would t- takes a fancy amount of time to open it. But instead, I opened the box and there was a can in there. And I don't know if I was disappointed or relieved that I didn't have to deal <laughs> with opening um, the wax. But this is a brewing and New Belgium collaboration called Cult- Culture Collab. It's a blended culture American sour ale with blueberries aged in virgin oak and red wine barrels. And according to this, its tasting notes are oaky, complex, and collaborative. So I don't know what a collaborative tastes like. You gotcha. But the same thing, like this is almost almost borderline a little too tart. Like my mouth starts to salivate and pucker a little bit after I drink it. But I think that might be a mix of the wine barrel the wine from the barrel and the blueberries, both kind of giving their uh, additional tartness to it. <laughs> but you can smell the oak too. I'm I'm really glad they uh they used oak barrels that nobody had sex with. <laughs> the virgin, the virgin book is a lot better. It's um, what we do in the shadows. Did you ever watch the TV show or movie or any iteration of that? Mm, it's like a British vampire so. movie that they make. Their... But there's a line in there where they're like they're kind of having a conversation, and um, one of the guys preferred to only uh, drink the blood of virgins, and some they're having a conversation and called him out on that. It's like, why do you only drink blood of virgins? And it's you know like a non I think it was like a non vampire and the guy was like yeah. well you know I mean would would you rather eat a hamburger that did or did not have somebody put their dick in it <laughs> oh that's too funny that's too funny so fun fact oh man but this... yeah, it's... oh keep go ahead yes oh no no I was just, I was just gonna I was... say you 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 is there an echo you echo echo <laughs> oh i was watching an episode of i was watching an episode of the bad batch mm-hmm. and every time like they're like in a combat scene and this one person was saying something and their partner was kind of like they almost like stepping over them like oh, that's a bad idea but then they'd say the same thing and then she was like is there an echo in here and one of the um soldiers in the unit of the bad batch his name is echo so he comes in it's like yes i'm right here <laughs> it's like how how long did the writers of the show wait to throw that little scene in there is there an yeah. echo in here yeah i'm right here <laughs> but i was going I'll, I'll go first and i was just gonna say that this is although it's a good beer this is not something that you would want to it's like i don't think this is an all-day drinking beer this is definitely like a, almost a sipping beer maybe like a with with a fancy dinner type like a glass of wine I mean, unless you're like one of those people that pounds bottles of wine for fun. Maybe. Now you. 
I was looking up the uh, so-called ferm- uh, fermentation project does not have a tap room. Um, you could join. There's a couple different uh, bottle shops that you could get them from up in the uh, up in Central California. I guess you know. I guess between uh, Santa Barbara and San Francisco, there's a couple shops throughout there that has their uh, has their beer. Or you could join their beer club for three hundred dollars, and they only ship in California. But you get twenty four beers, a shirt, and a couple glasses. Sweet. Yeah, Sounds like, looks like yeah, it might be all $300 sorts of well spent. <laughs> right? <laughs> Ooh, this one. Oh, man, there goes a Sounds so good. Tequila barrel aged with uh, Himalayan pink salt. Ooh, that does sound good. I might have to join the beer club just to um, <laughs> drink it in your face. <laughs> I'm part of a fancy club. <laughs> I already am part of a fancy club, Casa Agria. Mm-mm. Look at you go. The house of house of making sours is what that basically translates to. Mm. Nice. Um, so, you know, the COVID restrictions in some places have been long. Li- I guess in some some places in the country, COVID never was a thing, <laughs> and then some places the COVID restrictions have already been lifted and other places are slowly starting to lift like uh june uh, 15th they're going to be uh all open basically california is going to be all open june 15th mm-hmm. i don't know what that means but as far as masks go i'm sure you know some businesses will probably want you to wear a mask even though people will say it's against their uh you know god-given rights to not wear a mask um which i say if I see, you know, if I saw a shirt, if I would, I hadn't seen, there's stores that had signs out front. It's like, we'll kick you out if you're wearing, if you wear a mask into our store. We, we're not going to live in fear. I, I just wanted to, if I would have saw one of those stores, I would have just taken off my shirt and walked in. And if they tried to kick me out, it's like, whoa, whoa. I thought this, I thought we had freedoms in this store. <laughs> Where's my freedoms? But some, some breweries have already started um, hosting mask burning parties. Wait, breweries? Like, basically, one of them just had a giant, like, 55-gallon drum with a fire going, and as you walk in the brewery, you just throw your mask in there. It's like the bra-burning parties of the 60s. You know California doesn't have very good, uh, you know, <laughs> has a lot of smog. I don't know how burning masks well, are helping that cause. This isn't in California. This is back east okay. in the south. Oh, that makes more, more sense. More cultural. More cultured and liberal places that have more freedom than California, according to them. <laughs> Got you. Got you. Because you know we, just... we live in the communist country. We have no freedoms yeah. in California. Yeah. Apparently, California has never watched Braveheart because they've taken our lives and our freedoms. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, it's so, funny because it's like it's a uh, like in. I compare like Jersey and, and Pennsylvania a lot because I live in one and work in the other. Um, it's just so funny. Like it, like I pay more in taxes in New Jersey because I live in New Jersey. But then it's just like every winter, I just like there. Everyone's like the roads are so bad. I'm like, yeah, it 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 sucks to live in Pennsylvania. I got to go back over to my you know. My uh, <laughs> my impressed liberal country where my roads are plowed and nice. Right. And people like will talk shit about the road conditions of California. And yeah, there are some roads that are bad, but that's because those are like the major thoroughfares where, you know, trucks that are transporting goods that were shipped, you know, to the coast of California, the docks of California, where pretty much everything from almost all of the world has to come to to get to California to the to the rest of the country and then we have to truck them to the rest of the country so of course the roads are shitty because we have a ton of trucks on the road yes. but the roads that don't have the trucks on it all the time are fucking pristine mm-hmm. and it's because of the weight of the trucks not because of the lack of care like the one road i take to go to work they have they're they're redoing that road like every year because it's <laughs> base is pretty much the side road that every truck company takes to get to all the warehouses that are in like Ontario and yeah. between on like Ontario and Riverside. So yeah, 
Oh man, so the Boston Beer Company, who um, has a uh, has enough size and money to bully the um, um, craft beer, the indep- the, cra- the independent brewers association, the ones that put the logo on the beer. This is independent craft. Mm-hmm. They're the, I guess they're the ones that are the play god in setting who is craft beer or not. Um, and basically, one of the rules is as long as you brew like as much or less than Boston Beer Company because they're like every year they have to raise the number of barrels that a brewery is allowed to brew to be craft. So it's like Boston Beer, beer Company. It's like we brew 25,000 barrels. It's like, all right, so as long as you brew 25,000 and one or less, you're craft. And then the next year, hey, we've upped it to 50,000. Okay, so 50,000 and one less barrels, you're craft. <laughs> um, but then they also decided to... Um, diversify their portfolio and now they're the second the producer of the second best-selling hard seltzer mm-hmm. in the country which i decided you know when in rome at a memorial day barbecue <laughs> to try <laughs> and i decided and i ended up enjoying it enough that there was another flavors there's another set of flavors there that i wanted to try and so i found it at the store and bought it it's truly hard seltzer sean is it now? So, I had their lemonade series. So they had a raspberry lemonade and a water watermelon lemonade. And the raspberry lemonade was actually pretty tasty. Like it wasn't like a white claw where it just tasted like someone described poorly the taste of raspberries and lemons to somebody. Mm-hmm. So this is their fruit punch hard seltzer. <clears throat> oh man, that it's. It's a little like it's not very sweet, which compared to you know a lot of beers, it's more seltzery, I guess, for lack of a better term. But that's because it does only have one gram of sugar, three grams of carbs, and even though it is glu- it's considered gluten free, at a hundred calories for a twelve ounce can is five and a half percent. I can see why people are drinking truly, but for being a you know the Boston Beer Company, truly makes up. 60% of their portfolio of sales. And so they're deciding they want to diversify even more, and they've given money to a firm in Canada to produce um, cannabis liquids. I don't know if it's going to be seltzer or just water, but basically you can drink your THC instead of having to worry about getting a brownie or a cookie or a joint. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, um, I know when like uh, Sparks first came out, and I think there was another one where it's one of it's like an energy drink with alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't the Four Loco because everyone knew for what Four Loco was, but this was like a it it looked like an energy drink unless you like actually read the can up close. Um, there were a handful of people I worked with that would bring that into work and drink that at work because they were quote unquote drinking an energy drink, and everyone was <coughs> drinking it. It was like the boom of the energy drink where pretty much everyone was drinking them, so management never like second looked at them. Yeah. Wow. So I wonder if it's gonna be the same thing with the C B the, the cannabis drinks where it's just like, ooh, it's seltzer water. And this it's like <laughs> written on their large. Yeah. Like the truly like Jesus. it says hard seltzer and then it says it contains alcohol on it. Just in case you didn't know. <laughs> right. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, your alcohol, I, how, how your cannabis tastes. Because I've been uh, buying and drinking uh, every once in a while. I'll, drink, I'll do a drink uh, uh, made with, uh, it's called CBD oil. It's CBD oil, but it comes in a little vial and you pour it into a drink. And it's not, it's not supposed to be water. I gave it to one of my cousins and she drank it with water and said it tasted nasty. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's it's not, it tells you to mix it in with like beer or wine or whiskey or something. And so I I do that like on nights when I uh, have to go to bed earlier than I want to when I have to go to bed work at like midnight. It helps me fall asleep. Yeah, it does. Oh, <laughs> nice little just uh, smoothie. Yeah, it takes the takes the it, it kind of just calms me down a little bit, quiets the voices in that my head that wants to recall like embarrassing and awkward things I did twenty years ago as I'm almost ready to fall asleep. <laughs> it's like there's this uh, webcomic I follow on Instagram and it's like 
there was like one of her um, ongoing bits is that it's like a four panel comic and she's almost asleep and her brain's like, Hey, you going to bed? You falling asleep? And she's like, yes. And then it'll either be some ridiculous thought or some, remember something embarrassing or just, and then like seeing the last panel, they're awake. Yeah. Like they show up on red. This shows up on red a lot. Hmm. Gotcha. But it's like that. It's like, Oh man, I'm almost asleep. And the brain is like, Hey, remember that time? Like, in junior high, when that girl you thought was cute waved, and you waved back, but she wasn't waving at you, and made and everyone made fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> I am not falling. I guess I'm not going to bed tonight. <laughs> right. Oh, so. You know, you missed out in Jersey. You got your COVID vaccine, and um, right shortly after you got it, they announced that people, you know, if you got your COVID vaccine that like that day or whatever. Or, you got a free beer at place at, at participating breweries, um, and then Ohio announced five one million dollar COVID lottery winners. If you got yeah, your COVID did. vaccine, you're entered to get. And so I think they were the first state, but a bunch of states have jumped on that bandwagon, including California. And I, a lot of people, I guess, are pissed that they're like, "I'm not getting. I got my COVID vaccine. How come I don't have to? I didn't get uh, paid with anything." And it's like, yeah, because um, that's what suckers do. Suckers do things first and for free. <laughs> so in addition to California having 10 $1.5 million COVID lottery potential winners, on June 4th and June 11th, they're announcing a bunch of winners of $50,000. And if after June 8th, if you get your first or second COVID vaccine shot, you get a $50 gift card valid at grocery stores. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So, yeah, one of my coworkers, she's like, I'm going to win that money. And then I'm, I was going to say, no, no, you're not. But then I'm like, I'll probably just help her win that money by jinxing myself and her. And, like, like I'd jinx her jinx. <laughs> and then she'd win the money. Not only when she had the win a million and a half dollars, but then she'd rub it in her face, my face, that she won the million dollars. Probably it's like and it, at that point, it would, I wouldn't even be mad that she had a million and a half dollars. I'd just be mad that like she won it and I told her she wouldn't. So I just I kept quiet. <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. <laughs> the, one, there's this one uh, uh, fake news site, like it's kind of like the Onion, a joke news site. I just can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But they said that like they're making fun of the COVID lottery and they're 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 saying that the prize of uh, from California would be. Um, land in a different state or house in a different state and a U-Haul rental to get you out of the state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Like Gavin Newsom announces co the co the winner of the lottery would get to move out of the state for free. <laughs> That's funny. That's too funny. Um, yeah. You, so, can, you get some uh, nice property for 1.5 million in another state. Shit, in the right state, you can get, you can like, I mean, at, at a certain, definitely a lot, much younger age than California, retire at a million and a half dollars owning your property and just true. living off the interest. That is true. If you were smart yes. enough. Like, like fun places like Wishnick, North Dakota, where you get 40 inches of snow in a week. E. 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 Maybe not there. You know, people, people always talk about it. it's like why do people, like nobody wants to live in California, and it's like okay, then why are the property values so high? And it's like well, that's because of government regulation and this and that. And it's like really because so the government regulation is forcing people to bid a hundred buy houses at a hundred thousand dollars over listing because that's what houses are going for now. People list their house and then people are basically buying buying them at a hundred thousand over. Jesus. Yes. And that's not because nobody wants to live here. It's because everybody wants to live here. Like, <laughs> they just don't want to admit it. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah, that is funny. I don't want to live in California. Then fucking leave. <laughs> yeah, I know so many people that, it's like, I, they're retired too. That's the best part. They're retired. And it's like, I just want, I just can't, I just want to leave. I don't want to live here anymore. I just want to leave. And it's like, then go. What's stopping you? Here, you don't have a job. Three, you pussy. I mean, and it's like you can't say the ki your kids because your kids are adults, and one of them already moved out of the state. For one in particular, one person in specifically, it's like, oh, you 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 enjoy the weather. That's it. You don't want to go to a place where it snows a lot or it gets extreme, you, you know, extremely hot, or you don't want to worry about, you know, tornadoes. 
Tornados. Hurricanes. Tornados. Yes. I mean, we get earthquakes occasionally, but... Eh. No place is perfect. Nope. I mean, you could go to fucking hell in Arizona and bake to death. Or Texas. Yeah. That is true. There's a lot of people moving to Texas right now. Well, at least the younger kids are. I find it funny that everyone's like, all the, everyone that's leaving California is the conservatives that want to work and have jobs. But then you ask people in Texas who's moving to Texas, and it's like, it's all these goddamn liberal Californians. And it's like, wait, which one is it? Are the is it the the conservatives that work hard and have jobs, or is it these goddamn liberals that want to change the state? Because it can't <laughs> be both. Make up your mind. <laughs> Don't threaten California uh, that the the conservatives with jobs are leaving, and then, but apparently when they leave, they're they all of a sudden become bleeding heart liberals. Who knows? Man. I don't know. People suck, Sean. Yeah, get, yeah that was do. that was a reoccurring theme of our attempted yeah. and it's still true. <laughs> Speaking of people and sucking, not in a good way. Uh, <laughs> last week, Bar Wrestling um, posted on their social media that they're not gone, that they're coming back, and We're coming back know, with all the, yeah. the all the trouble that Joey Ryan was going through and allegations of. Um, harassment towards female um wrestlers and stuff and like at first i was like not that i didn't believe it but it was just like really like i know his gimmick was that he like has you grab his dick and you can't let go because his dick is so powerful and then he like uses his dick to flip you but everything i always saw everything i had seen publicly at least was that he would ask his competitors like hey you cool with this spot if not then he wouldn't do it but then at the same and all and then everyone's like yeah his gimmick sucked anyways and this and it's like dude he knew what his gimmick was. Like, it was a joke. It's a comedy bit. It's for comic relief. Like, um, there's a wrestler in AEW, and I've seen I've seen him once at bar wrestling. His uh, his name's Orange Cassidy, and his whole gimmick is that he's like slow and like doesn't really try. So he comes to the ring wearing you know the Canadian tuxedo of uh, jean jacket and jeans. Yes. But I guess not the full tuxedo because he doesn't have the shirt. So I guess he's the business casual to Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> But then, and, and he'll have a pair of aviators on, and so he'll kind of come to the ring and like he'll re- like um, stick his hands in his pockets, and he'll do like these little tiny kicks, but he'll wind up before he does it, and the crowd will get behind it. Like so, as he's winding up, the crowd will be like, "Oh!" and he'll just tap you with his foot, and they'll go like, "Ah!" like he just demolished somebody with a kick, and then like he'll put his hands in his pockets, but then at <laughs> some point he'll like. His glasses will get knocked off or something, and then he'll go into actual wrestling mode. And he's pretty, he's like super athletic. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, when they announced that bar wrestling was coming back, everyone in the comments was asking about Joey Ryan. And um, I still, I still follow him on Joey on uh, Instagram because I'm kind of curious to see what he's up to. And I know for a while he was trying to be an actor, but he's also going through um, therapy for sex addiction. And so it's like, you know. Can Joey Ryan ever come back to wrestling? Is he, you know, canceled forever? Is there like a statute of limitations on if he, you know, seeks treatment and is genuinely remorseful? Can he come back? Um, I don't know, man. He he always got good talent, but a lot of the talent that he got is now signed with major wrestling promotions. So I don't even know if they'll they'll come back. So it'll be a bunch of new independent people. Yeah. But there's this uh, bar that's opening up in LA called Geek Spot called the geek spot and down and, and like their instagram profile is geek spot dtla um and they just posted yesterday and i don't know if it's a, and they had the official logo so i don't know if they bought it or if they're just hoping they don't get caught for a copyright violation but they said they're going to be hosting fall wrestling events at their location starting in september so i don't know if like they bought the bought the pro, um promotion or if they're just having it there in their name I, but um, I know I'm going to do what I can do to try to be there at least at the first event back nice get drunk watch wrestling was the motto watch. for the show uh-huh. watch naked man wrestle yes get drunk watch oiled up sweaty half naked man hug each other <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> so, did you, did you see Samsung relate release the new anime girl mascot? Um, I 
saw, I heard about it, and I saw all the different memes about it. So, yeah, so I saw one meme where it showed um, her standard subreddit, and then it showed her her rule had so many subscribers, and then the the rule thirty four subreddit that they already made specifically for her had like ten times as many follow uh, subscribers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like at this point, if you if you're a major company and you release an anime waifu as your mascot. It's either like you're ignorant of what people do with anime waifus in the in the fan art world, or you're very aware of it, and you, you're almost like issuing a challenge to the Rule Thirty Four artists of Reddit and the and the rest of the world. <laughs> there was an insurance, um, insurance. They had a, a mascot with like pink hair, an anime mascot with pink hair and stuff, and pretty yeah pretty much exactly that same thing happened where almost immediately there was like rule 34 stuff of her being another enemy mascots and stuff so <laughs> it was like someone was like how samsung you're gonna make an anime waifu with you know that looks like this and does this and not expect us to and and not expect us to make a rule 34 art out of her what's wrong with you that's not you know yeah. so yeah i don't know sometimes just... sometimes the internet the, the internet is a terrible place at the end of the day. That's all I have to say. It's terrible. You got things getting I mean, at turned least, into porn, and you get crazy Facebook posts by the your crazy uncle that you never wanted to talk to. <laughs> but at least, at least with with this, she's officially over eighteen. She's not a, a dragon that's four thousand years old that goes to um, second grade. That is true. That is true. You know, speaking of a very specific enemy. Jeez. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh, so, man. they've, um, uh, I forget, I forgot the name of the studio. The studio that made Horizon Zero Dawn, and they're making the new Horizon Forbidden West, mm-hmm. have released some new screenshots of Aloy from the PS5 version of the game to show like the uh, how uh, how much how like much detail there is and how she looks and the fucking incel. Either, I can't tell if it's full on incels or just tr- people trolling incels by making fun of them have gone into full like r- um, triggered mode. There was one picture where you kind of saw a profile of her face and you can see on her cheek she had some like. Peach fuzz type hair, and somebody, someone, somebody uh, took that, had that picture, and was like, "Oh, great! Now they're making, um, now they're gonna say that Aloy is trans, and now it's always been because real women don't have hair on their face." They and what? I told that to my wife, and she's, and he, she was like, "Has he ever seen a woman up close that's not been photoshopped online, like in pictures and or on Instagram?" Because Every woman has hair on their face. And I told her, I was like, no, they don't. And she's like, so I'm trans? And I said, apparently so. <laughs> um, and then another one, they showed her face. She's, you know, kind of kind of roundish face. no ma- And she obviously had no makeup because, you know, she lives in an apocalyptic world. And... I guess somebody did fan art of her where they basically made her look like a model, like airbrushed with makeup and all this stuff. And somebody's like talking about how game studios are de-sexifying women. Talk, and they like ones they mentioned was in um, The Last of Us with Ellie and the one character that's like muscle bound and um, and then her Aloy with her like round face and you know cheeks. Like they should, they, like they should let the fan art people do design the games because they look way sexier. And um, <laughs> this one YouTuber that I don't always agree with, but you know, even a stopped clock is right twice a day. Uh, he tweeted, he was like, "Wait, so for you, it's more realistic in an apocalyptic world for a woman to wake up and like do her hair and makeup like she's going out on a date than it is for her to, you know, look like she's living in an apocalyptic world and have or have muscles." Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. I, who knows, man? But uh, yeah. 
Yeah, and it wasn't like the picture wasn't even subtle. I mean, it looked like it wasn't like she put on makeup for the day. It looked like she put on makeup for like a fancy event. You know, yeah. as someone who's you know both related to and married to a woman. Yeah, women don't always put on makeup like that. I don't know what fantasy delusional world you live in. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, like part of me is like, either these guys are like firmly entrenched in the incel world, or these guys are just, these guys are just like trolls that are just acting like incels to make fun of the incels. And it's so deep that we, it's so realistic that we can't tell anymore. It's like when you can't even tell what sarcasm is. <laughs> Pretty much. Jeez. <laughs> um, so oh man, they released they've been releasing a bunch of trailers and here's one of them that looked pretty good is an action movie starring Karen Gillan of both Doctor Who and um, the MCU uh, starting in Guardians of the Galaxy I can't I'm trying to think I don't remember her name I'm not good with names. Karen Gillan. There you Karen go. Karen Gillan. Boom. So, what did you think of the trailer, Sean? It's for the movie is called Gunpowder Milkshake. Um, it is a very action-packed movie with uh, some ridiculous violence poured in. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I just thought it would. I thought overall it'd just be a. Just one of those fun, crazy action movies that, you know, the plot's probably going to be a little bit on the weaker side, but there'll probably be some pretty good fight scenes and some crazy killing and whatnot, and just be like a your average uh, action-packed movie at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has some, uh, some funny dialogue. Like, there's a scene where... Um, so basically, she's sent on a mission to kill some people, and she or do something by uh, her the her boss basically Paul G, played by Paul Giamatta and um, she gets there and there's like a little kid that she, they've kidnapped and so she decides to rescue the kid and they come after her and the kid and she like to get the kid back and she kills people and they're like one of those where you know tropes where it's like you killed the wrong people we can't protect you anymore and so she has to uh, reunite with her mom that she hasn't seen for 15 years but you know, there's a scene where the little girl asks her, she's like, are you a serial killer? And she's like, no. It's like, well, you've killed people, right? Yes. More than one? Yes. It's like, well, that sounds pretty serial to me. <laughs> she's like, oh, well, it's different. Uh. Um, like, when I, like, when I saw the trailer, reading the comments, a lot of people were, like, basically just calling it a John Wick ripoff, you know, saying that it's, like, great. You know, they can't they can't put women in their own movies. They have to rip off movies, better movies with men. And it's like, that's what every movie is like, you know, it's gotten to the point where so many movies have ripped off the matrix that people forget like where those scenes come from, like the bullet time and just like movies that kind of, you know, and it's at this point now, it's just whatever Keanu Reeves does, it becomes a, um, a popular trend in movies and people just want to rip it off because of Keanu Reeves, except for Johnny mnemonic. That movie wasn't that good. Well, I liked it, but people really didn't. Is that really him making all he those played... ideas, though? I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying he made the ideas up, but he is in the movie, so it's kind of like um, if you're the quarterback of a team, you you don't design the plays and run the practices, but you get the the credit or the blame for the losses. <clears throat> Fair enough. Um, but uh. Did you ever watch Johnny Mnemonic? No, I did not. So, like, the basic premise is, it's, you know, like, every one of these movies um, is set in a dystopian future. You know, I was, I was real quick, I'm um, JPG, and um, he's part of the Inquest of Geek Network, that the, when, I, when I guessed it on them, they were, part, they were um, Ready, Set, Geek, but they've rebranded, so now they're Inquest of Geek. So in addition to their normal like podcast, they also once every other week they'll release an episode where they do what's known as an actual play, where basically they're running a game similar to Dungeons and Dragons, but it runs different mechanics and it's called something else. Um, so they're doing a stream, him and a couple, him the dungeon master uh, Lauren Peterson and one of the character, one of the other 
um, people in the show, uh, Katie Calducci, um, sh- they're doing a, a collaboration stream on Friday nights with this other group called Perception Studio, where they kind of do a similar thing, but they do it over Twitch, but they do it with um, what they what they refer to as felted friends because the word puppet is an offensive term to them. <laughs> And so um, they're they're playing a different game, and they're going to do it like once like, um, every Friday for the next for the month of June on Twitch at 7:30 p.m. at Perception Studio. Um, it's fucking hilarious. Like the the two um, felted friends are just out of control with some of the stuff they say and the way they act. Um, because you can get away with a lot more shit when it's not a real person, whether it's an animated thing or a felted friend. But anyway, so as they were describing the, the, the scenario of the game, it's another dystopian future. And I asked in the comments, I'm like, why can't a game ever just be set during a time of like peace and prosperity? You know, kind of yeah. like um, like a lot of animes are set in dystopian futures where you got like like um, Attack on Titan and shit like that. But then you have like, I've been killing slimes for 300 years. And it's like, that seems pretty um, idealistic. Um it's peace and prosperity, but she, she's just living her best life. Like, why can't more games be like that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I had a point at some point, and I went so far off the rails that not only did I derail <laughs> my final point, I might have been forced to evacuate an entire town because of the cautious, the contaminated chemicals that were on board the train. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah, Johnny Mnemonic. So yes, in this dystopian future, um, people get like modified to where they can get information uploaded into their brain, and then they're basically curators of the information. And so he's one of those. Like he has port jack uh, ports in the back of his head that you plug into a computer, and you can upload or download stuff. And he doesn't have to worry about carrying a briefcase or a disc. It's just in his head. And so he gets some information that he shouldn't have gotten. And now people are trying to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. That was okay. Gotcha. Brought it back. <laughs> um, and then another trailer, uh, another, um, part of the new, uh, phase of the MCU, the Eternals, or depending on if, which level of um, anti-SJW right-wing, you know, extra super triggered snowflake you are. It's either the, the she-ternals <laughs> or the her-ternals that are part of the MCU because, you know, they can't stand that, um, you know, women might not need – there might be strong independent women that don't need no man. No, it's, they don't. You know, <laughs> The she eternals, yes. So it's it's pretty funny in a sad way that it's like when a dude character is overpowered, like in um, what's the name? A sword art online. Like that's 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 like the classic example they give of like an overpowered dude. And it's like, well, yeah, of course he's overpowered because he was like a beta tester and this and that. And it's like, yeah, but there were he wasn't the only one. Why was he like super, super, super overpowered compared to everybody else? And it's like, well, they did have one throwaway line that justified it. And it's like, but that doesn't, you know, one line of whatever. But then, you know, when a woman's overpowered, all of a sudden there's like um, a term for it, Mary Sue, where they just like, yeah, women can't be that strong. Like people are uh, losing their shit because, you know, Captain Marvel is supposed to be the most powerful character in the MCU. And it's like, she's, I think she's, the most powerful character in the comics. And I'm like, yeah, that's because Marvel's bunch of SJWs. And it's like, so when it was the dude, Captain Marvel, and he was the most powerful character, it was fine. But now that it's a woman with the same powers as him, it's not okay? Of course not. Why would it be okay? <laughs> right. And like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna criticize a movie, you know, criticize the storytelling, the plot, but just, <laughs> if you just tell me that woman bad or, you know, it's, it's, it's stuck because there's a, the woman stronger than she should be. Then you've lost me, right? Yeah. Because that's just lazy. That's not even quality criticism. That's just you sounding like you just hate yourself and women. And you think that trans women have a peach fuzz. (laughs) (laughs) 
the only way the only way a woman has peach fuzz is if at one point in her life she was a man and then decided to become a woman like Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> exactly. So, like this is the ultimate like teaser trailer for the Eternals because it doesn't really tell a lot of information other than they've been around for a long time and now for whatever reason something happened and they they have to in- get themselves involved in human life. Uh-huh. I did watch a movie that pretty much a lot of people said was the worst comic book movie ever made because apparently they forgot about Catwoman and <laughs> Bat Nipples. Yes. Um, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, yeah, um, I've heard. I wonder how this is going to be because I. That's was the thing. Like everybody has been like so like iffy about it. And it's like, and then it came out, and I didn't want to spend twenty dollars on you know HBO to buy it or to watch it. See, because I'm an old man and and do old man things. I got the DVD from Netflix. <laughs> oh man, but um, you know. I think everybody just needs to watch a movie with my wife at one point. Because I think my wife is the target generic audience for a movie. <laughs> you know, actually, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but she doesn't know anything about the comic books. Yes. But And she's not cynical. Because I know a lot of people that listen, that even the ones that, like, especially the ones that aren't comic book fans, are very cynical when it comes to comic book movies. Mm-hmm. Um,. Like, they're, they're just, like, um, like the events, how, like, the comic book fans were, like, all, like, emotional at the end of um, Infinity War because everyone got snapped. And she was, like, one, one, one of the podcasts, the, the host, she was, like, why are you sad? They're coming back. And it's, like, yeah, but the way, like, P- Peter Parker, and, and he's, like, yeah, but he's coming back. You know he's coming back. Who cares? And then, you know, at the end of Endgame when Iron Man uh, put on the gauntlet and you know, so I did the whole I am Iron Man line and snapped his finger and like died. And she was yeah. like, ah, I don't care. Like it, I wasn't as, emo- I, I had no emotional investment in that. But meanwhile, my wife was like sobbing, like somebody personally she knew died. Oh no. Why? So like Wonder Woman 1984, like my wife was into this movie. Like she loved this movie. I mean, it, another, po- another podcast I listened to, I listen to too many podcasts. Yeah, you do. It's 40. <laughs> and I want to it, smoke them all because I think work, they're good. It's a long work week, man. Long work week. It is. That's what I do at work. And so the Grand Geek Gathering, the, the host of the show, Tyler, like he was talking about how this was his most anticipated movie of last year because pretty much nothing, you know, nothing else came in theaters and this was all the other comic book movies kept getting pushed back. And so – he said that he was disappointed by the movie, but it didn't suck. It just, it had some, um, it suffered some some bad writing. Like there was some stuff that they didn't need to do, and they could have done different. Um, for me, like one of the biggest things was that they keep they keep showing in the trailer and all of the merchandise, the gold armor, right, with the wing. Yeah. That that movie, the that that armor literally shows up in the last like twenty minutes of the movie. Fifty. Yeah like 15 20 minutes of the movie and it's like a two and a half hour long movie gotcha so it's like all right where's the armor where's the armor and then like there's a scene happens and it's like oh okay so she's on her way to get the armor and then something else happens and it's like okay but where the fuck's the armor like i want i just want to see the armor put the so now i know how people felt like with the like the early hulk movies where it was like bruce banner for like 80 percent of the movie and then finally turns into hulk for the final fight Yes. Um, like the, all the acting was really good. Pedro Pascal, like he kept tripping me out because he looked like Nathan Fillion in the movie. Like he had to shave off his mustache that he had in the Mandalorian, and he dyed his hair blonde, and he was basically just um, like a um, uh, snake oil salesman, like a used guy. Like he just had like this big personality. Um, but then they also had Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the areas the movie suffered was that they tried to have the like the, it didn't work with the, having the two villains that because they both had really compelling stories that they probably could have done their own movie 
for each of them. Like maybe have this movie be the um um oh, I can't remember his name. Um, the dude that that um um Pedro Pascal played. And he's like not even traditionally a Wonder Woman villain, from what they were saying. But I'm because I'm not too familiar with the Wonder Woman comics. Cause, yeah, but I do either. know that um, he um, um like there's two like different like kind of comics of Wonder Woman. One where she's like um like actiony and like fights a lot, and there's another one where it's similar to like the the Silver Surfer co- Surfer comics of the '60s in Marvel, where he just sat around in space on a surfboard and thought to himself a lot so <laughs> Maxwell Lord is the um like to me like I think it would have been cool if they would have done Maxwell Lord as the villain of this movie and maybe had Kristen Wiig in this movie as her character where she was kind of like um like she played like the shy bumbling kind of character that nobody really paid attention to even though she kind of had a like a you know there's a scene where her and Wonder Woman you know Diane Diana go out to dinner and Diana's like, Oh man, you're so funny. Like, and she's like, no, nobody pays attention to me. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense. Like how can she be so full of like character and personality and nobody pay attention to her? And it's like no amount of like nerding somebody up is going to make somebody that ignored. Yeah. Cause especially like later on when she gets confidence and she puts on like a, a tight fitting dress and all of a sudden all the guys pay attention to her. It's like, there's going to be a few guys that are like, especially in like the, that, that are nicer, especially like working in a museum. Like, nerdy dudes love nerdy girls. I don't know what the fuck. So, um, so I think it would have been cool if maybe they would have had, like, Maxwell Lord, the villain of this movie, and had Kristen Wiig's character in there, and then somehow kind of near the end of the movie or whatever turned into Cheetah, and then had that be the third movie. It's her, like, kind of fighting and, like, being turned, like, doing more with Cheetah and making it a third movie. Um... But I don't know, man, because um, and the other thing people complain about is that um, like they try to figure out why the movie was set specifically in 1984, because in their mind, they think of the George Orwell book, 1984. Um, and yeah, I mean, it could have been, I guess, any scene time in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But um, the main reason it was set in the 80s is because due to the they needed the uh, a villain that wouldn't offend anybody, I guess, because you don't want to offend the Russians or the Chinese now because you don't want to lose their investor money. So it's hard to find villains modern day. So <laughs> I guess the fact of the eighties when Russia and the U S were fighting, cause you needed to have their scenes where like, um, threats of nuclear weapons happened, you know, and that pretty much was the eighties. So gotcha. outside yeah. of that, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's entertaining if you have, if you have means to watch it, if you already have HBO Max, watch it. If you don't, if you're not subscribed to HBO Max, it's not worth it to like subscribe just for this. But okay. yeah, it, it was an entertaining movie. But the the first one was, because even as good as the first one was, it still had a lot of uh, issues, especially the same issue that every superhero movie kind of suffers from, where the third act is just a bunch of like cartoons fighting with the CGI. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man and then because of in quest of geek like they'll do um you know it's like one of the things i find funny about the show is it's supposed to be like an introduction show where um they're like they tell you whether or not something should be watched or not but then i think that's why they rebranded was because in quest of geek i mean um geek say what it was like we're supposed to like we'll tell you what you should if you should watch it or not and tell you what you should know before you watch it but then they'll spoil the shit out of things oh jeez that's not good yeah I think maybe that's why they rebranded because they realized that it's like how can you be an introduction to something as you're spoiling it um so they they watched an anime movie that's available on Netflix called A Silent Voice mhm um like the basic story does not even like sum up the movie like this is fucking I'm not even gonna say it's an emotional roller coaster because you start off at the beginning of the movie crying and you pretty much just cry the whole movie. It's like an emotional, it's like an emotional, like tail dive, nose dive. Um, but the basic story of the movie is that, um, a, a, a boy, a boy in junior high bullied a girl. And as he's an adult, he goes and tries to get back in touch with her to, um, basically apologize and set things right. 
which, oh, man, that's like saying like um, Schindler's List is a movie about a dude that lived during World War Two, right? Like, all right, that's kind of true, but it just doesn't. Um, it doesn't really tell me what's going on. So like this beginning of this movie, you see the character, he's he looks like an adult, but you find out that he's like seventeen ish. He's a like a senior in high school, and he's um. Like basically, like, um, like he's like cl- closing out his, like he's selling like a bunch of his stuff, like pawning, like selling all of his like possessions. He closes out his bank account and like leaves the the money that he got in an envelope with a note for his mom. And he's like, um, here's here's the money that I owe you. And like he circles the calendar, like crosses off a date on the calendar, and it says final day. And so he goes to the sc- the school to find this girl that he bullied. Let me find this girl or whatever, and he like talks to her, and then getting ready to uh, jump off a bridge, commit suicide. Hmm. Wow. And something happens, changes his mind. And so then it kind of flashes back to what happened when he was like when they were in junior high, and they show her him bullying the girl because she's deaf. And so originally I was gonna watch it. I was thinking maybe I'll watch it with my wife, but I'm like, no, maybe I'll watch it by myself to see how bad it is because I don't know, <laughs> like I don't know if she wants to watch me cry for you know two hours. <laughs> are you ready to cry for crying like it's not even like like a little cry like like when i was describing it to her i was kind of telling her about some like the stuff like i didn't like what was going on and stuff and she was like yeah i think i might cry harder at that than i did at um the patriot and i haven't cried harder at a movie ever <laughs> jeez fuck <laughs> So oh. yeah, I'm like, so you don't, you, like, you want to watch it with me? And she's like, I don't know if I can. I, I have to be in a mood to ugly cry for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> she's got to be already in that mood that where she wants to be pushed over the edge and be able to cry. <laughs> like she yeah. just needs somebody. Some she's already fueled up, ready. She just needs that ignition. <laughs> Boom. <sighs> Did you ever watch the fun. anime K On? I don't believe so. It's a like a musical slice of life anime. I don't think I did. I think it's on my like watch list. Um, but the director who did um, Asylum Voice also made that anime. Oh, got you. I'm trying to see if there's um. Oh, she did the Love Chunibo Chunibio and Other Delusions. That was kind of an interesting anime. Yeah. But yeah, she's got a handful of animes and like three movies to her credit. But yeah, it's on Netflix. A silent voice. If you want to ugly cry, even at, like even I was like, um, like as you know, my wife was like bullied to the point, in, especially in junior high, where she just blocked out her junior high years. Yeah. And you know, and she wears hearing aids, and she she can kind of hear, but not without like, if you don't have her attention, she's like she can't hear. Basically, it's like you have to get her attention so that. Because everything else is like, especially with her old hearing aids, everything was background. Everything was background noise unless she knew to focus on your voice. Yeah. Um, pretty much every single one of my friends, including you, when they first meet her, um, they'll t- they'll they'll act like they're talking, but they'll just move their mouth to mess with her. Did I do that? And she, but she, yes, yes, she did. I can't remember that. That doesn't sound like a thing I would do. But it's okay. Um. It might not have been right away, but at some point. But she's like, I can tell you're just moving your mouth. Like, she can tell the difference between, like, their air being pushed out and noise Mm -hmm. coming. that She can't hear, and you just moving your mouth. It's kind of weird how she can figure I guess it's happened to her enough throughout her whole life. Um, I think think words, like, make your your lips, like, look differently, where I think people don't... when people try to probably mess with her, it just probably looks like, you know, it's just like a quick like up a, and down. Like, like a puppet talking. Really... Like a puppet. Like a puppet talking. Yeah. Where just the mouth is flapping. Yeah. So, but then, like, so, you know, she gets bullied to the point where she transfers schools, and they're like, well, who's, who's responsible for bullying her? And the one kid, the main character, is basically the one that takes all the blame and he's like wait i'm not the only one like where the fuck dude like all of you guys were in on it too and so because of that he kind of gets the reputation of being a bully and he gets bullied for it 
Mm-hmm. And so that like hit me. Not not the bullying part, but just the being bullied. Like both of us, my wife and I were heavily bullied, and so if you if, if uh, it hit me on a different note than it hit her, would have hit her, but it hit me too. So mm-hmm. it's it's. I didn't ugly cry, but I definitely got a little uh, choked up for certain scenes. Yeah. But it's 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 really good. Like, it's it's a solid two hours that you want to set aside to watch this movie. It's yeah. it's probably one of the top three anime movies I've watched easily, between nice. um, the girl who left time, your name, and this one. I'm not okay. gonna put them in order, but they're all up there. <laughs> Fair enough. Did you uh, did you get any more episodes of uh, Nana watched? No, I did not. I was gonna wait till you finished that one. Yeah, they they keep they keep adding in they keep adding more episodes in. But but man, dude, I will tell you, um, it gets once they get out of like the two introduction stories of each girl, dude, it's fucking starts really picking up. So I was, uh, and then eleven point yeah, you could skip episode eleven point five. That's just a recap episode. I mean, it sounds like it for the point five. I guess yeah. Yeah, I watched uh, 12 and okay. uh, I'm halfway through 13. I was like, holy shit, like, table throwing. Like, ah, 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 ah. So. It'll work on, I'll, I'll work on watching that this week. I've been, I'm almost caught up. I have like two episodes left or three of um, probably one of my favorite animes ever, let alone in the last two se- couple seasons of uh, Laid Back Camp. Yes. It's, it's, this is, okay, so, a little peek in the curtain, behind the curtain of my, um, weeb nerd mind. Yes. This is the show that I've probably spent, not probably, this is the show where I've spent the most money on figures for the show, because they've come out with, the one, the first one I had to buy because it came with, like, a little mini scooter, because the main character, like, the first couple episodes, she rides bike, she goes, she rides a bike to her campsite, but she yeah. only camp closed because of the bike. So she goes out and gets this job and a license and a scooter. So they came out with an Android figure of her that came with a little tiny scooter, model of her scooter, and her helmet and her scarf that she wears when she rides the scooter because she does winter camping. But then they also came out with another one of the characters where they have a tent and like the whole setup. Mm-hmm. And so when I get them all, they're all like some they're uh, some are still like up for pre-order on. Um, Good smile company. Um, I'm gonna I'll, my uh, I want to set up a little camp scene for all the girls because they're all be- nice. they're all the best girl. <laughs> they're all the best. They're all best girls. They're the best all of them. around. Ain't never gonna let you down. Exactly. They're, <laughs> they're way better than us. And if you want to, when I finally do get my diorama set up, you should follow follow us on Instagram, and you can you can either um enjoy the view or you can openly mock me i'm okay with it at this point either way yes with both of them i'm i'm i'd be more okay if you openly mock him but you could like it though so or both Uh, you can hit the heart button and then make fun of me yeah that's the best thing to do as Danny said, you can follow us on Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Podcast, Facebook all those magical places. Make sure you can follow us on Untapped and see what what we're drinking. Um, I'll be uh, I'm putting the final details to this month's charity stream. I took a mu- kind of took a month off in May, but um, I'm getting I'm putting the last kind of uh, things together for the June um, charity stream. So I'll be really happy to share that next week with everybody. Nice. All right. Is it pride related, or am I like, um, am I spilling the tea, or am I um, making you have to explain yourself for being homophobic? No, it is. <laughs> no, I wanted to do something uh, for for Pride Month, and it was actually really it was hard for me to decide what to do because there are a lot of great charities, uh, but I ended up um, I wanted to do. Um, it gets better project. I just thought, um, 
you know, at the end of the day, that that seemed to be where I think I wanted to uh, support the most. But there are plenty. There was too many good charities to kind of pick from from this month. Right, and you also got to find one that um, you know is going to like put the money towards the cause and not just line somebody's pockets. Yeah. Like if, if like if anybody's interested, so when I go through the charity thing, I go through charity reviews and I read through their budgets and stuff like that, because all of, because if you're a charity, you have to uh, publish that stuff. It's a pub. Uh, they have to have it available for the public to look at. Um, so I do read those things and kind of really get an understanding of, you know, this charity isn't just like a, fucking off doing you know poorly managed or anything just because they have a good idea doesn't mean that they're financially responsible and doing what they need to so i do look at multiple aspects of each charity right so so more you know more details to come exactly all right everybody we'll see you next time have a great one later